cool, 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 Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where we... Toy. Well, this episode, this particular episode, we're going to be ranking the first 11 Deep Purple albums. 11! Because the main episode, the main episode, we're getting into the Deep Purple record, Fireball. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're, we're going to rank 11 of them. But before we do that, I want you all to go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, Asinine Radio on there. Uh Go to our social media at Ask Night Radio. Follow us on there. Send us a message. Tell us what album you want us to do next because we'll, we will probably do it. Um, or give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Our phone number is 503-893-5307. So do that. Hit me that. up. Hit me up. So like I said, we're going to rank the 11 records. But then we're also right now we're all going to do our new thing, the six degrees of Tom DeLonge. So we're going to relate <laughs> the, the band we're doing for the week to Tom DeLonge six different ways or within six different people that I don't, I didn't even explain it that well. Yeah. That was terrible, but that was horrible. Everybody knows the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. So that's fine. Yeah. We're just doing it with Tom DeLong. So, uh, what, what do you got? What, what'd you get? There was one big one that was kind of easy. I, I, I have three of them, but we, we kind of talked about, we did some spoilers earlier on that week and I talked about one, but, um, I'm gonna try to go backwards to make it a little more fun, I guess. Um, okay. So th- this was like an easy one. This is always kind of cheating when you do it this way. But damn it, the, the song "Damn It" was a playable mm-hmm. track on Guitar Hero World Tour. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about this. Zach Wild was a playable character in, Z- in Guitar Hero World Tour. What? Dude, I'm uh, saying that weird. World you Tour. Saying that. World, world, world Tour. World Tour. <laughs> <laughs> world tour. World Thor. Fuck that word. That word's stupid. World Thor. Um, fuck, dude, now I lost my train of thought. Yeah, Zach Wild, <laughs> Ozzy, Zach uh, Wild. go back to Ian Gillian. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care anymore. Ozzy, World Black Tour. Sabbath, Ian Gillian. World Tour. World, World Tour. 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 I think I'm saying tour instead of tour. You are, but you're also saying world like that that noise that you and Jessica always make that morning. That, that. No, that one? That, yeah, that one. World Tour. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm never going to say those two things again. A global... I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, that's what? that's that one. So, whatever. How many do you have? Two or three? I only have one. Oh, that's fun. Uh, let me get my next one then. <laughs> I'll tell you why, because I actually forgot about this segment until like right before we started. Perfect. Playing, so I have the one. Good thing it was I, my uh, fault. It was yeah, my fault. Good thing I, know. Good thing I kicked fault. it into high gear. Uh, I know. I feel bad. I right, well let me let me get my other my my other one and then I'll go, I'll go for my my uh, my magnum opus. Okay. <clears throat> what do you got? Uh, so um, Tom has worked with uh, producer Jerry Finn. Mm-hmm. 
I can't go backwards. It's too hard. I'll go forwards. <laughs> I was, <laughs> was, was going to say, I yeah. was trying to go backwards. It's so hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Richie Blackmore, he was on William Shatner's fourth album. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the, the theme of William Shatner's fourth album was like outer space. So it was just, he was doing a, co- a bunch of covers of, of like, like major Tom, like anything that was kind of spacey in theme. Yeah. He did him, but Blackmore played a guitar on, a cover of a Deep Purple track, but I can't remember what Deep Purple track it was. Uh, so yeah, Richie Blackmore was on William Shatner's fourth album. Cheryl Crow was also on Shatner's fourth album. Howie Weinberg mixed Cheryl Crow's fourth album. He also mixed Rancid's third album, and out came the Wolves. Uh huh. And then, that album was produced by Jerry Finn, Tom and Jerry together. Again. Oh, I thought you were gonna go somewhere else at the end. I thought you were gonna do Rancid to Transplants. Mm-mm. To Tom. Okay. Nope, because that I save too. I save the Travis for the last one. Oh, okay, okay, got it. So go ahead and do your one pitiful one that you did my, last. My week one pitiful one. And... I know I'm stupid. I'll do better next time. I promise. Uh, so Ian Gillian, singer of Deep Purple, was also the singer for Black Sabbath for a couple albums. Uh, then Ozzy was obviously in Black Sabbath, and he did a couple songs with Post Malone on his newest record. And Post Malone. Did that Nirvana set with Travis Barker. Travis goes to Tom DeLong. There you go. Six degrees of Tom DeLong. I win. You lose. Okay. You ready for a good one that I did some research on? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm excited. So Ian Gillian had a solo uh-huh. album that was live from the House of Blues, Anaheim. Okay. And uh, it had this guy, Michael Bradford, on bass. He played bass. Michael from Bradford? Harrisburg? No. Just some guy I've never heard of. But you'll okay. you'll you'll just you know you, you, Michael Bradford. Sorry, have... You're still doing it, Michael Brad. You just did it again. <laughs> you don't need to know. You just need to not talk. That's the thing. Is you, I don't know what you know. What we know, just don't talk. Michael Bradford. Okay. You just did it again. Like we're just gonna keep doing this over and over and over. Michael Bradford played bass on Uncle Cracker's debut album. Oh God. Which was produced and featured as a guest, Kid Rock. Okay. Eminem was a guest vocalist on Kid Rock's song, Fuck Off, from Devil Without a Cause. Okay. Eminem played with Travis at E3, along with, like, Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Travis and Tom, baby. Travis and Tom, there you go. That That is a little bit more obscure, but it works. It works. So here's some other info on Michael Bradford. He also produced Deep Purple's 17th and 18th albums. Oh, God. And... He also tried to help an early Kid Rock get famous because he believed in him. I guess they're they're all from like the Detroit area, and he mm-hmm. he saw something in Kid Rock, and Kid Rock was kind of like, you know what, dude? Like I, I appreciate it, but I'm good. I can I can make it on my own. But like Michael Bradford really tried to help him, like set him up with with like labels, do whatever he could to help him because he believed in him. Kid Rock politely declined, but he never forgot. So. When Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit went on tour, he invited Michael. He invited Michael Bradford to open up for that tour. Was that the Summer Sanitarium tour with Metallica? Fucking no, dude. I think it is. I, I think. Yeah. So Michael Bradford is just I, I. From what I gather, he's just like a session bass player, but he has played with a lot of fucking people. Okay, it's interesting. So boom, baby, Uncle that, that Packer. One, that one is pretty obscure, but I, I, I like the other one better. The Blackmore to, to Shatner and so on. So Cheryl Crow, that one was, that one like was so weird. <laughs> but they, they, it got cheap at the end with the Howie Weinberg mixing because like, yeah, the guys yeah. mix like fucking everything. 
Yeah. It was like four then, mixers. Like I said, you you could have gone the the rancid to transplants way too, but whatever. I'm sorry. Did you did you do want to do some research and and do six know, degrees hey, of Tom DeLonge? I know. I I fucked up this. This week. is the I second. This, this is the second time in a row. I know. Well, no, I no, I did more research last week. No, you but, didn't. You just you but, you. I forgot what we even did last week, but we did. Uh, we did against me. Against me. Two weeks ago, we did against me. Hmm. That that yeah. Remember like Adam Willard. Oh yeah, that was we, yeah. So when we first did this, we were like, "Hey, let's let's do this, but let's not use Adam because it's too easy." And then who did you use? No, but I I I, I exactly. used that one, but I, no, yeah, I used exactly. another example too. I used another example too, but I can't remember what it is. You probably did like Brooks Wackerman or something. I think that's no. I think that no, was Brooks like didn't, no. I think I went I think I went the Jay point. Weinberg. No, I went the Jay Weinberg way with uh, oh yeah, I think I did. I did went Jay Weinberg Slipknot to Corey Taylor playing on Travis's solo record to Tom DeLonge. So, got him. Boring. What do you mean boring? That's a good one. That's a good Snooze one. Fest. Ay, ay, ay. Well, next week's going to be be a lot a lot tougher. This one album. this one was like the the toughest one. What's our next week's album? We don't even know yet, do we? Rammstein. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's going to be tough, yeah. Actually I actually already I just thought of one of my <clears> But this one this one was hard to find something that didn't involve Sabbath. It took a little bit of work. Yeah, but, but it, was, did it. it was fun. I had a good time. Yeah, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. I, did, I never knew that Eminem was a vocalist on that Devil That A Cause um, album by Kid Rock. Oh, I, I didn't know that either. But I mean, it makes sense because they're, they're both from Detroit. They used to rap battle yeah. each other. They did. Yeah, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> Kid Rock and Eminem. Kid Rock, uh, dude, like Devil That A Cause, first of all, that's not a bad album. That's a pretty solid yeah, album. And then everything before that, that's like his fourth album. Everything before that I is know. very hip hop based. Kid Rock is It's not very good. Dude, Kid Rock's done a lot of things though. He has, but they're not none of it is really good. Well, I would say some of it's good, yeah. No, not really. You come not on, really. get out of here. First of all, Baba Tabala is great. No, it's not. Yes, that it good. is. It is great. <laughs> it is fantastic. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you better you better get in the pit and better love someone. <laughs> oh my god, no. All right, let, let's get. <laughs> it sounds that almost sounds like uh, "Know Your Enemy" from Rage. I did actually. <laughs> they all use the same riff. It's the same thing. Uh, because Kid Rock has no real talent. Uh, so let's get into the album rings. We're gonna do their first eleven records. So we're doing the Mark One through Mark Four lineup of the band, and uh, it's it was it was quite a ride. All the different styles and lineup changes, but. Let's uh, let's start with the least best or the worst. Some might say, uh, number eleven. What do you got? So number eleven, I actually have this one on vinyl too. <laughs> uh. I um I, I kept it because I thought the the cover looked very undeep purple like. But Stormbringer, this is uh, you have this on vinyl. <clears throat> yeah, it's free, and I I liked a lot of other deep purple stuff. So I said, okay, cool. I'll start just keeping all of the deep purple that I see now in our bin or our, our big bulk buys. Yeah. And I didn't like it on vinyl, and I, I was kind of like, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> but yeah, this is their ninth album. This is, uh, this, is, this is awful. This is bad. This is a stinker through and through. The difference in vocals are like night and day. Like the band mm-hmm. lost almost all of its rock. Cloverdale brought this, or Coverdale, Coverdale, Cloverdale, yeah. brought this like exaggerated rock star delivery to a band that had previously kind of just focused on building songs around like riffs and just rocking mm-hmm. out. 
they became like softer here, quieter, more tame, just weak. On this record, yeah. 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 Shit. It was garbage. <laughs> it was garbage. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So what's your, your BB on this? Or do you even have a banger on this? Um, Lady Double Dealer. This was the only song that was kind of fast rock, but the vocals mm-hmm. were annoying. And he does that stupid vibrato shit in the chorus that I fucking hate when a lot of like metal metalmen do it. Like, yeah. But it's like, like way exaggerated. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate that so much. But, and he did it. He went there and it happened. <laughs> so, yeah, there it is. All right. All right. Well, your number, number 11 is also my number 11, uh, Stormbringer. So, uh, yeah, that this album's not very good. <laughs> it's, I was just wildly disappointed. It, just like why does this exist i agree with you like there's like very little rock to it and that's what they're known for and that's what they're good at and it was a little bit more funk based there was some good guitar playing but outside of that it just wasn't very good even richie blackmore said this album's shit (laughs) he hates this record uh and then he quit after making this record i don't even think he really toured on this on this record i think he quit like right after yeah i think he quit like right after the album came out so yeah, Stormbringer is not not good. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of ballads on it too, which I mean, Coverdale's a good singer, but the songs just suck. I mean, it's, the the album is okay at best, but there's so many stinkers. And if I had to pick a song, it'd be "You Can't Do It Right," but I can't even remember how that song goes right now. So Perfect. I guess it's not that big of a banger. So that's my uh, that's my number eleven is Stormbringer. Storm with you. Stormbringer is the only one on my list that's sub one that I would give. I would give less than a one. Really, I'd give it a one just because I would. You got to no. listen to it within no. the discography of. You Deep don't. Purple. No, fuck no. Hell, yeah, you no. do. No, you don't. Why? Okay, out of here. No, because you don't. I said Beca- because no, I said. because you're stupid. <laughs> number ten. <laughs> right, what do you? Number ten you is Perfect Strangers. Back? Perfect Strangers. This is uh, okay. They had the band back together, eighty style, and it it wasn't bad. It's mm-hmm. it's just really flat compared to like the really good stuff. It's mm-hmm. it was you know it's like okay, whatever I guess. I, this is the best you could do after you know almost a ten year hiatus, but okay. Okay, I, I don't know. It was just all right. I I give all this right. like a one point zero. <laughs> one point zero. Okay. <laughs> But uh, the, the the last the last song Alaric Alaric that was like mm-hmm. the it's like an eleven minute song or something like that Jesus that's Christ. that's a pretty good banger that that was a good one I like that song a lot that song's alright that song's alright I have this on vinyls too <sighs> really yeah you have the two worst records on vinyl I do <laughs> crazy I You're do crazy all right my number ten is also Perfect Strangers damn Look girl who would have thought who would have thought. Uh, this song, yeah, like you said, it was there after 11 years, first album in 11 years, um, or since this lineup put out a record. This is the Mark, what, the Mark II lineup? Yeah. And uh, it's their 11th album. And damn, man, this album, I don't like this album. It's not good. It's so 80s hair metal, kind of, and it's more ballady. It's not as hard rock. I don't like the production on it. The drums are just sound just too 80s and too much reverb and echo on those drums it's it's not a very good record there's nothing really memorable about it uh the one song though that i thought was kind of cool was a gypsy's kiss just because it was just a little bit more exciting than everything else it was less ballady it was more a little bit faster but it was still very cheesy 
but this album, I would also I would give it a one, a one out of three. It's not very good. What's what's kind of sad about this album, I, I feel, is the some of the stuff Deep Purple set up, they totally set up for eighties metal, and pretty much they helped set up a lot in the metal genre. But yeah. then they they stopped making music, and then eighties metal actually took over. And I feel like they were they were like, hey, dude, we could do that, but better than them because we've already been doing it, you know, a decade prior. And then they got together and then made a bad 80s metal music <laughs> album. <laughs> but then this week when I when I was talking to you about it, about this record, you were disappointed that I said I didn't like it. Because not, not that you didn't like it, but I, I, I just thought like you fucking hated it because. Yeah, I mean, I would never listen to it again. It's not. I mean, it it doesn't hold any kind of weight compared to like actually any the other ones we're going to talk about but as far as like 80s metal goes it's not bad if you put this in a in a genre like if if this wasn't deep purple if this was like poison or this was somebody else this wouldn't be like terrible it would just i don't know it'd be okay <laughs> i really like poison's I album guess. though it's really fucking good which one the uh i don't know the, the one with their faces on it and it's like Oh, I know what record you're talking about. I don't know. I forgot the, the name their of it, most, Their know. first one, their most popular one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. It's a banger. So what's your, uh, what's your number nine? My number nine is their seventh album, Who Do We Think We Are. <laughs> <clears throat> this, one, uh, this one's like their blues album, If I feel like. This is, uh, like, it's good. It's good blues. It's good blues rock. I just, I just didn't connect with it. It sounded, it sounded forced. It sounded like... Like, this is the type of blues that someone who's never listened to a lot of blues would think it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. And and I don't know. I just felt like it was fake. I just I felt like these guys were like, hey, dude, we could probably do blues, too. But then they've <laughs> done blues before and it was really good. So I don't I don't know this. Yeah. This just seemed really weird and really kind of lame, like dad joke type of lame. I don't know. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, Rap Bat Blues. That's my favorite song. This one had a really cool key solo, reminding me of some of mm-hmm. that Stradivarius shit. It's really good. <laughs> really good stuffs. So I'm going to also say my number... Wait, what are we... We're nine, right? Nine. Yeah, nine. My number nine is also Who Do We Think We Are. Really? The, yeah, this what this album was, was just kind of like... A, almost like a dud to me. Like It, it kind of seemed like they phoned it in and... Yeah, I just I didn't really connect with it, and this being the last one with with Gillian and and Glover for for a while, it just you could just tell they didn't care. They just did not care. Um, but I and I didn't really care for the bluesy part of it either. It just nothing really caught my attention on this. I this is like probably a one point two five for me. Just did not really care for it. It's so, not even like bad. It's just it's but it's just like boring. It, boring. It's, it's it's a lot of along with the blues stuff. It's like it's also they they kind of like touched upon a lot of pop music or pop stuff too. So I don't know. It was I just didn't really care for it really at all. To be honest, I I I, I don't think I'd ever go back to it ever again. Mm. So that's my number nine. Is who do we think we are? So. Okay. All right. So my number eight. number eight. Yeah, my number eight is their first album, Shades of Deep Purple. Okay. This okay. is uh this is this is a sound that I normally would never have thought Deep Purple would sound like. And <laughs> when I I cuz I I actually bought this album because I was in like this Deep Purple mood. I was like, "Oh, let me just start at the beginning 
and listen to Deep Purple from the beginning. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Not that it was like bad, but mm-hmm. if you've heard this album, it is totally different. It's so different. Totally different than what you what you know as like Smoke on the Water, Deep Purple, Metal, Hard Rock, Deep Purple. This is this is like 60s psychedelic pop music. And it's really mm-hmm. cool to see how the band started and got its roots. But like, dude, yeah. I'm so fucking glad they got away from this sound. This this <laughs> this heavy pop psychedelic sound was just it was I at best. Yeah. And Okay. I, I and, and as far as like my favorite song, like I know Hush is a classic song. I I it's a great song. It's good. Mm-hmm. But nah. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. So my number eight is Deep Purple, they're self titled. So this is their third record, right? Yeah. Yeah, the third one, the last one with the Mark 1 lineup. So after this, they fired Rod Evans and what was, uh, Nick Simper, right? The bass yeah. player? Yeah, 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 they fired them right after this record. Um, and yeah, this one was just kind of, it was just a boring version of their first two records, which I liked. I liked their first two records. But this one was just kind of boring. And this is another one that sounded a little bit phoned in and like kind of tired and just didn't it didn't progress anywhere it didn't it just was kind of bland um yeah if i mean it was a fun listen through but i don't think i'd ever really go back to it because i'd rather go back to their first two records um and but so if i had to pick a song it would be bird is flown uh just has like kind of a hendrix vibe to it and it's very bluesy so i don't know that was a good song it was a good album but yeah just they they did it better (laughs) so okay all right so there you go that's my number eight, Deep Purple. Okay. So what do you got for number seven? Number seven is Come Taste the Band, their 10th album. Okay. This, is a, okay. this is a Deep Purple without Blackmore or Gillian. And, you know, it's got to be bad, right? No. Nah, it wasn't that bad. It, it was, was great. It was pretty good. I, I liked, Yeah, it was really good. I, I liked it, and I was surprised at how rock and roll it was. It wasn't like metal. It was just good rock and roll. And, and that dude, Tommy Bolin stepped mm-hmm. in for Richie and while his guitar playing wasn't great because he can't he can't match a lot of like Blackmore's ability to carry songs, transition things, he still did a really good job. And yeah. I really liked it. I I was I thought for sure I was gonna think this was a fucking stinker and I th- I thought there's just no way after hearing Blackmore for so long that this could be good. And yeah, exactly. uh, it was it was solid. It was it was fine. I would uh, I would buy this on on the vinyls because I think it's important to know that Deep Purple can exist without without some of their core members without some of their Mark <laughs> yeah. II members. Exactly, exactly. But um, but getting tighter that's 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 my favorite oh. song here. Dude, those chicka chickas, so <laughs> fun. And and like yeah. the song wasn't even really a Deep Purple track, but I don't mean I don't even care. It was catchy and good. It was. It's a good, it's a solid record for sure. For sure. Okay. So my number seven, yeah, my number seven is, uh, the book of Taliesin. Is that with Taliesin, right? I think so. that's what I would say. Taliesin. Yeah. yeah their second yeah. album, their second album, um, Mark one lineup. It's, it's a good record, but it's half covers, half original stuff. It, it's cool. Just hearing the band and this incarnation sounding so unlike deep purple, it's just like a fun little experience knowing like what they would become. So it's just a, a slight step above their self-titled. It's good. It's solid, but I don't know how often I'd go back to it. So if, and yeah, I don't, I didn't really, there was no song on here that really stood out to me. So I don't really have a, a BB on this one. I don't know. 
I think because okay. I was just like I, I like the first one so much more that That's once I got to this fucking one, crazy to me. It's it's it was almost like the kind of the equivalent to like listening to Van Halen one and two. Like Van Halen one is just beyond amazing, and then you get to two, which is really good, but it, it's not the same. It, like you want just more Van Halen one, so it's just I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of equate it to that. I just can't but, believe you put in the shades of deep purple up so fucking high. Well, it's the way she goes. That man. is crazy. That is insanity. It's the way she goes. Why is it insanity? Because it's not good. Oh my god, dude, you're fucking nuts. You're fucking yeah, nuts. I, yeah, fucking ears are full of sand. <laughs> my number six is also well, not also, but my my number six is Book of Talison. Um, so why do you like this one more than Shades? Yeah. So like, I totally agree. This is just more of the psychedelic pop that we've, that we've already heard. This mm-hmm. one's just kind of like better overall. Like, I don't know. It just wasn't so goofy. It wasn't so lame. Except for Kentucky woman. That song was, oh, yeah. that song's I fucking lame. There's like clapping and other stupid shit. That song's, <laughs> that song's fucking lame, but everything else is just a little bit better. And then it's less, so. it's less psychedelic pop and more in the psychedelic rock realm because Shades of Deep Purple is for sure psychedelic pop. Like that, like th- that people even call that album, that band when they were doing that, like, Hey, you're like just a heavy pop act. Mm-hmm. So I, that's I pretty totally lame. That. But like the medley song, dude, exposition slash we can work it out. That's, that's a cool jam song. Even with the stupid Beatles cover part thrown in there, like that was <laughs> cool. And how it transitioned into it, just like a baseline fucking rad. Mm-hmm. It was a phenomenal song or a phenomenal mashup. It was great. Okay. All right. I, I think you're wrong thinking it's their best of their original lineup. But. No, I, I don't think it's their best of their original lineup. I haven't said they're, they're self-titled yet. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, you haven't. You're right. I have not. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're dumb then. You're really mm-hmm. dumb. Damn. <laughs> okay. So my uh, my number six is Shades of Deep Purple, their first record. Um it's like you were, we, we've already said it's a bit more pop. Um, I get a lot of Beatles vibes from this one and a lot of Zeppelin and Hendrix vibes as well. And I, I think it's a solid record. I, I would go back to this one. This is like at the point of Deep Purple's discography that I would go back to after this, after today. And um, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty solid record for, for a debut. And it's like we said, it's not representative of what they became, but it's solid. Solid pop rock, solid psychedelic rock. So, and my my favorite song is "Hush" because I never knew this was a Deep Purple song ever, and uh, it's a fucking banger. I I I think this song is amazing. I was blown away when I when it came on and I found out it was Deep Purple. Don't forget so, too that this album came out before Zeppelin released an album. I yeah I yeah I know that. Like so, not even a year though, right? Zeppelin probably stole everything from Deep Purple. Well, Zeppelin stole a lot from a lot of people. That so is, that is, just, that's true. <laughs> I mean, the first two, three records are a lot of them are covers. So, um, so yeah, that's my number six is Shape of Deep Purple. Okay, so well, I'm glad we got five. that out of the way. Number five is Burn, <laughs> their eighth album. Okay, All this right. is uh, this one's Why? good. This one had a lot of sounds that they've already been kind of tinkering with. None of mm-hmm. which were bad, but none were like fantastic yet. Everything was just like just good. And then this album kind of took everything and then made them like good to great. So I don't know. It, it was, it was, 
it was just everything that they've done. Like it was, they had some pop sounds in it. It had some psychedelic stuff. It had some hard rock stuff. It had some blues stuff. It was yeah. good. It, it was, it's a good record. And it's their eighth one. Like it's dude, like they've been, well, it's they've been like their, for a while. It, what? It's, it's their, their eighth album in like six years or something like that. Third or fourth one or fifth one with their new, with the Mark two. I don't know. Whatever. No, it's not. It's the Mark three. Burn. Burn. Burn was the first with David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's their eighth album, but it's the first with, with Coverdale and Glenn. So then, yeah, so then it's like their first album then. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of in a way, yeah. Whatever. This lineup only did the three records. Lay Down, Stay Down, that's my favorite song. Richie Solo in this is so rad. It's so fun. And mm. I, it's, it did it rips. The title track, too. Like oh, the, yeah, the song yeah. "Burn," that's hard not to pick, also because that's really cool. And that's a really it good kicks one. off the album and just immediately rips it up. And that's one good thing they're 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 really good at is is their their openers. They have some really good openers. But yeah, that's a good one. Okay, "Burn" is your number five. Yeah, your number five. Yeah, "Burn" so, is my number five. My number five is "Come Taste the Band," uh, the Tommy Bolin Tommy Bolin era, the one album he did. The members of the band don't really consider this a uh, Deep Purple record because, like you said earlier, Gillian and Blackmore this is the only album without them. So even like fans of the band don't consider this a Deep Purple record. But I think that's really unfair because this is like this is a pretty damn good record. I was really really surprised, and I mean they they all brought it. Coverdale, Tommy, I mean Ian Pace brought it. Like everybody killed it on this record, and I wish it got more recognition. I don't. It's so stupid. That it doesn't, and ah, just, I don't know. It's just it was pettiness. Great. It's it's clearly That's just what it is, pettiness, yeah. and and it just made me dislike Gillian more. Uh, him just like disregarding this record. Uh, it's so gross. Like he's, he's dumb. I mean, like first of all, I mean we'll probably talk about it more. But first of all, nobody owns Deep Purple. Like this this band is a fucking manufactured, yeah, boring oh, yeah. shithole. And if anybody yeah. owns fucking Deep Purple, it is not Gillian. That is no. fucking for sure. No, 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 not at all, not at all. So yeah, come taste the band. It was a good, good time. And and then reading about uh, Tommy Boland, you know, he died when he was twenty five. Yeah, right so young. Album. Yeah, of a heroin overdose, or no, it was morphine, cocaine, and alcohol were found in his system when he died. The, that's the a party. That's that's insane. At 25, man, you're going so fucking hard. And he was opening up for Jeff Beck at the time. He was on tour with Jeff Beck, and they found him in his hotel. But yeah, so that's my number five. Oh, my favorite song is "Getting Tighter." Like you, that that song, th- this whole album just like fucking rips it up. I I think he was a really good guitar player, but not not like Richie Blackmore good. But it, they had different styles. Like Tommy Bolin was more almost like more of a shredder in a way. Like he was, he was, he was, he rode that line of like hard rock and shredder. So I thought it was really good. So come taste the band, getting tighter. Best song on the record. So that's my number five. What do you got for number four? Number four, Machine Head. Okay. Machine Head. This is their sixth album. This album, this album fucking rocks. If you take out, if you take out Smoke on the Water, because Mm -hmm. that song doesn't really fit on this album that well. No. This, this. This is like mind blowing. This is like face melting. This is uh, this a little, but like it's a little bit bottom heavy. Like on the record side, like the lat- the latter of the tracks are are a lot better. 
but the opening scream from Highway Star, the first track, oh, dude, that's great. that reminded me of Master Exploder by Tenacious D. <laughs> like the, the, the same fucking scream. Is that what Jack yeah. Black is like doing? You know, they, they, <laughs> we know he loves metal music. Like, is that like an homage to this? Was there, a, be, was there a scream or, before this that sounded like this? There might have been. Maybe like Zeppelin or something. Like this is, I don't know. That's, that was really cool though. I, I, I dig that. But Machina was fucking cool, man. It just, it rocks. And it's like, it's, it's, it's the metal music that I want to listen to. It's not obnoxious with the vocals, but it's still mm-hmm. fast. It's still heavy and it still rips. It does. It's a solid record. For sure. The, the the real gems here were the last were the last two tracks, Lazy and Space Trucking. It's just like mm. eleven minutes of just fucking perfect, perfect, <laughs> perfect, yeah. cool, jammy music. Well, my number four is also Machine Head. So get into that. Uh well I, I do want to say this. The cover art is awful. I fucking hate the cover of this record. It's so stupid. It would actually turn me away from buying this record. It's so bad. Um but it's this record is surprisingly good. I, I I know Smoke in the Water has been played to death, but it's still a good song. Like you can't deny it. And it's a song that everyone learns to play on the guitar the first time. This is an Iron Man, but it's still a pretty solid song. But everything else just blows that song out of the water. Space Trucking's my favorite. That I, I think Space Trucking is probably my favorite T Purple song. This one, it's just it's so killer. It just rips along and Every song, every it's not a disappointing record at all. I think this is, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's really fantastic. good. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking good. So Machine Head is my uh, my number four. Their most popular record too. So there you go. So what do you got for number th- three? Number three is Deep Purple in Rock. Oh my god! In Rock. This is uh okay. this is this is their fourth album or their first with uh, with Ian Gillian and the mark two lineup and like for like right off the bat you can definitely tell a shift vocally musically this this starts the sound that we normally associate with deep purple and mm-hmm. it's fucking good it is it is it is everything that machine head is as far as metal and rock but just like heavier and dirtier yeah and it's it is um it is fucking good it is it is really good. I don't have this one on vinyl. I've never even seen this one, but I it's I'm such a dumb album cover too. I hate this album cover. Well, we should have like also talked about the <laughs> album cover for each one because I don't think any of their album covers are, are any good. <laughs> yeah, they're all really bad. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Honestly, none of it. Like I'm looking through just real quick. Maybe Perfect Strangers just because it's just a logo DP. But uh, actually, you know, I I like the Fireball. Artwork, but oh we'll get my into that god, on the it's so ugly. But but we'll, we'll okay. get into it on the main episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, yeah. In rock is my number three. Child in time, uh, third song, first side. That's ten minutes long, and it's it's mm-hmm. just it's it's good jamming like they've already been doing, but it's just heavier. Now it's heavier, yeah. and everyone's really getting into the groove, and everyone's really sinking their teeth into the metal stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a solid record too. In rock number three. In rock number three. My number three is Burn. The uh, like we talked about earlier. It's the first one with David Coverdale on vocals and Glenn Hughes on bass. Uh, it's their eighth record. Uh, technically the Mark Three lineup. And uh, I I thought this album kind of blew me away. It really did. I I was I was shocked. I think David Coverdale is their best singer. 
I'm going to say that now. I think he was their best singer. It just sucks that he, you know, the the second one he did was so bad. And then the Come Taste the Band was good, but it wasn't like groundbreaking. Like, I feel like if they would have done more of this style, I mean, this lineup would have been just perfect. Because I think he's he's a way better singer than Ian Gillian. I, I I think I like the higher vocals. Maybe that's what it is. But you're I mean you're definitely more of like a metalman, so you have a higher tolerance for that type of singing. I just thought, I just think I he has a better range. I fucking hate it. Too. But I it's think he has irritating. It's Gillian so too. fucking no, annoying. So. No, no, no. I th- this album too. It's just it's faster. It's groovier. It just has way more energy than like the last couple Gillian ones. And I thought this this record man was just like blew me away. I, I if I ever see this album, I'm gonna buy it for sure. I thought it was fantastic. So yeah, Bur- Burn was was amazing. Uh, my favorite song, like you, was Lay Down, Stay Down. It's just it's a it's a rocking good time. That song, this album, I Coverdale killed it, man. And for being an unknown singer, joining a band like Deep Purple, that's insane. And then putting this out, I it was unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, I, I definitely so. agree that if you're joining Deep Purple after Machine Head, especially so close to after Machine Head, like, yeah. dude, the shoes you are having to fill are... are, are <laughs> That's big. Monstrous. Yeah, absolutely. And he did well on this first this first one that he did. I think he did really well. And uh, yeah, I have, I'm sure we'll talk about him more because we're going to... I do want to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that'll be on the, the main episode. Um, so yeah, that's my number three is burn and lay down, stay down. It's my favorite do song. You, so what's your number two? What? Do you like that, that cover though of burn with their all little candle heads? Oh, the, the album cover. Yeah. No, it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what were they thinking? I just, I don't, I don't understand it at all. Maybe deep purple also helped kill the, uh, the usage of, the band's faces on the cover in, in stupid ways. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's not really a thing except like Weezer. Weezer did it. Does it? Yeah. But they don't do go- Oh, besides red. They don't, don't really do goofy stuff. They just stand there. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is more awkward. It's, no, this is, it's just so stupid. Most of these albums yeah. are terrible. And the, come taste the band like the chalice. They're all their faces are in the chalice, like the it's wine so glass stupid. or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, it's so <laughs> ugly. Ah, uh, I hate it. But that album's okay. good. This album's good. Burns good. So, what's your number two? Number two for me is uh, Fireball, our album of the week. Okay, wait. Then what the fuck's your number one? Mm. What didn't you say? What didn't I say? Who the hell? Uh, what is? Oh wait. What is your number? What is your number two? My number two is Fireball as well. Oh, okay. Well, my number one. Yeah, what's your number one? Their best album. One that blew me away because I didn't dislike the first two, but I just thought that they were all right. But they're self-titled. Their third album, Deep Purples. What? Deep Purples. Are you serious? DP's DP's, baby. This one comes out fucking You're swinging and never lets up. The vocals are used like just enough here for them to still be Deep Purple rock band. But they went hard into the prog, and this was like the most prog that they've ever done. Well, the first eleven albums and whoosh, because that's all I listened to. <laughs> whoosh, oh, dude, that album's awful. But yeah, dude, this was this was this was heavy into the prog scene, and a like this was fucking just 
wildly different than anything that they've done. They dove heavy into this classical stuff, like on the song April. Mm -hmm. This is a fucking banger of an album. This was unbelievable. I was blown away. I'm I'm blown away that this is your number one. I mean, if we're not doing the the live album, then yeah, this is my this is my number one album. This is, like I said, dude, this was this wasn't like anything like their first two, and this isn't any of the heavy rock metal stuff that came after this. This is just something else. This is something different. This is like Mark one point five. No, 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 no. This is the. Yes. No. Yes, it is. Because it's Prague. Because it's totally different. Because it's fucking weird. Because John Lord, who is a fucking phenomenal musician, who is classically trained, got a little bit more, a little bit more writing time, and they decided, you know, let's let's dive more into like a classical type feel structure and let's set these songs up as a little bit longer let's minimize the vocals and let's just really focus on on transitions on music and just being fucking weird like we like like i said earlier let's just let's just jerk each other off and just see how how complex we can get some of these songs you make a lot of good points with the first record but it's just it just doesn't do for me man i'm sorry i just can't do it it's great though. The first, I mean, the third record. I'm sorry, the third record, not the first record. The third record, it's good, but it's not that good. I, I, I just, I don't get it. I Maybe think I have to go back and listen again. See, see like I, th- I think it's a little bit with this amount of records that we listened to the mm-hmm. past like week and a half. It's a little bit more difficult because I have been trickling in Deep Purple and my, like my listenings because I've been getting them on our on, yeah. on my bulk buys. So I've been listening true, to yeah. a lot of them out of order, and I have like seven or eight Deep Purple albums, for good or bad. And so, like when I'm listening to them in chronological order, it's like I've already heard a lot of them. And that's so true, it's it's true. it's I don't know. It's just easier to take in, I guess. That's true. Because yeah, because prior to this, I'd only heard Machine Head and then The Made in Japan. I had I hadn't heard anything else. So it was it was quite the ride for me. So my number one is Deep, Deep Purple, Purple and Rock. Rock. This one was really, 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 really good. And just coming off of the the psychedelic stuff, like it's such a change of pace, and it's just a much louder album in general. The way it was produced and and all of that, it's it's faster, heavier, just a lot of just some cool drum solos, especially in Flight of the Rat, which is my favorite song on this record. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. It kind of keeps with the progginess that you, or the prog rock that you were talking about on my third record, but it just like they they made it much heavier and it was an, it was a really exciting record, very very exciting record. So they have Deep Purple and Rock is my my favorite and Flight of the Rat and what a weird fucking <laughs> song title too. Flight of the Rat and uh, very dumb album cover, like very dumb album cover. Oh, that's the, terrible. Mount Rushmore, the Mount Rushmore. Just like the pretentiousness of it, right? Just to put your face on <laughs> fucking Mount Rushmore. I know it's so silly. It's so dumb. Like even but more so because you're not even from here. Like you're, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know dude, you're from dude, fucking England. You're not even from America, and you put your face uh, on like one of our landmarks. That is so ballsy. <laughs> it's such a pretentious it, move. <laughs> it really is when they're Power especially move. when they're not when they're not that good. <laughs> yeah, the time you know, for it's sure. Just like, I mean, they're good, but they're not like, you know, they're not they Sabbath or Zeppelin good. They weren't accepted as being good. 
Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> so there you go. There, there are album rankings. Oh, do we want to talk about Made in Japan? Yeah. Seventy two. Yeah, because okay. that that would be both of our. I feel like both of our favorite albums if we were doing. Yeah. A live album. It was because it it was very jammy and it has some of their best songs on it. Like I was talking about earlier, Child in Time and Space Trucking on it. I mean, it's uh, it's a great live record. Absolutely great. And it's just it's so like Deep Purple is a band that is better like live in live settings because from what mm. I've seen some live performances what I've read every time it's different like, every time they decide to do something a little bit different whether it be like fill like drum fills or guitar solos or transitions or even like Gillian's delivery things are always a little bit different so Deep Purple's an, an experience rather than just something you can throw a record on and listen to and that's why Made in Japan is so fucking rad is because even when you get to smoke on the water they only play the riff like once yeah like one fucking time they play that riff and then it's seven minutes of just anything and everything else goes and they play yeah, the, even the melody a couple times but they play the riff like one fucking time yeah and i think richie blackmore he, he refused to start to play that song after a certain point right yeah, like they pissed off the the record label, who, whoever was trying to put this out. It irritated them because they recorded this album over like two different dates. Mm-hmm. And that was the most he played that song on both dates. And so they chose that one to put on because Made in Japan is, is not just like one thing. It's 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 Tokyo and, and another Japanese. Osaka. I Osaka. Think. I think yeah. Osaka was the other city. Yeah. Yeah, so so like he was like, no, I'm not going to fucking play it. And they said, well, you better fucking play it. He said, all right, I'll play it. And then he... Then he plays it weird. Doesn't even play yeah. it like normally, <laughs> like double times it and adds like extra notes. And it's just, I don't want to play this fucking song, so I'm not going to. And mm-hmm. then that's what they yeah. did. And that's and fucking cool. I watched, I watched a live video last night of one of the performances. I don't know. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, and uh, I was surprised at how small the stage was. Did you watch the video? Yeah. I didn't watch yeah, all was, 90 minutes of it, but I watched like 30 minutes. Yeah, I watched about 30 minutes too. And yeah, the the stage was super tiny and the crowd didn't look very big. But when you listen to the record, the actual record without the video, it seems like way bigger. Like you, you just, to me, I imagine this just like 50,000 people and just this giant stage. And I don't know, it, it was a little, a little, I don't know, just disheartening, I guess, watching the actual video because it was just so underwhelming. It was still cool. Well, I mean, I think I, I think just Deep Purple in general are are like they were. I don't know. They were in the metal scene, but they weren't Sabbath, and they were in yeah. the rock scene, but they weren't Zeppelin, and so they were kind of just like the I don't know the ugly little sister of 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 the music world at the time. But they were yeah, fucking loud, and they were good, and they. I don't know, even still today, like they don't get enough credit. They they just don't. They've been around for so fucking long and they've toured for so like half a century almost they've been touring. Yeah. It's 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 uncanny. It's unbelievable. All right. Well, that's it with for the rankings. Um we want to save some stuff for the main episode because we're gonna get into the their their album Fireball. So stay tuned for that. Listen to it. And uh, that's it. That's all. Dave Jeff. Did it.